0: Psalm 22. That's where we're going to be this morning. We uh, on Wednesday nights we've been going through the Psalms for the last few months, and we uh, finished up Psalm 21 this week. And I was reading through, just kind of looking for next week, and boy, Psalm 22 is such a good Psalm. It is so good, and I know some of you may be saying this. You may be saying, but you just preached on Psalm 22 back in April, and you are correct. I did, but we're preaching through it again today, so we're going we're gonna to get it good. Psalm 22, but as I was reading through after Psalm 21, I was thinking, boy, Psalm 22 is so good. I just, I just, wanna, I just felt like God was saying I needed to preach it today where everybody could hear it. And so that's what we're doing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about Psalm 22 again, even though we just had it, because it is good stuff. And it really kind of grounds us on what really matters, because it, it takes us back to the cross. Now, let's not forget that when we look at this psalm, and we're only going to look at a very small portion of it today, but when we look at this psalm, this psalm was written hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came onto the scene. Probably over a thousand years before Jesus Christ would have come onto the scene. And we won't look at all of Psalm 22. Uh, as I said, I preached through this whole thing a few months back. You can find that, that, that message online if you want to go back and hear some more details of some other aspects of Psalm 22. But we are going to look at a little bit of it today. And we're going to look at, uh, at what it calls us back to. And that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It, it, it seems like every time I read this psalm, it just, it just speaks a, a ton to me. And that's, I suppose, what Scripture should do when it is pointing us back to Jesus Christ. These words were, were were written probably by King David during his lifetime. And we don't know the situation that was going on, but it's eerily similar to what Jesus would have been facing. At least how the people would have been treating David when this was going on. And And, and, and we know clearly, I believe at least we can see clearly, that these verses point to Jesus because... It was these very words that Jesus uttered himself when he was on the cross. It was Jesus who quoted these very words from this psalm, kind of helping us to see how God's word always ties together. It's so interesting. I know I say that all the time, but I'm still amazed at how amazing God is. He takes dozens of people that writes these words over thousands of years, and God makes everything tied just together things that were written thousands of years before jesus came onto the scene and god knew exactly what it was doing we see jesus christ talked about even from the very beginning of god's word all the way to the very end god used all these writers and all these words that we see and tied them together and pointed us toward jesus christ and they point us back to jesus christ and i'm still amazed at that no matter how many times I see those connections. And so here we are, back in Psalm 22. Here we are, back of what is most important for us as, as Christians, and that is Jesus Christ. Let's pray, and then we'll read. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words, and I pray that you just would speak through me this morning. I pray that you help these words to be few and to be, and to be simple, dear Lord, but to get the point across God, that we understand that we do not ever forget what Jesus did, that we that we get what's going on there, that we get the significance of why Jesus did what he did. And we thank you for that, dear Lord. I pray that you hide me behind the cross. Let the Holy Spirit speak through me, to me, and to each one here today, dear Lord God, that we grow in your word. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Psalm 22, verse 1. That's all we're looking at, just the first few words of psalm 22 not even the whole verse my god my god why have you forsaken me now those words are are pretty powerful when you when you see them later on in your bible as you read through in the new testament and you see jesus christ the son of god who lived a perfect and sinless life and here he is on the cross in his deepest darkest moment And here is Jesus and he utters these words from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, most of you may be like me. You may have read those words many times in, in your life, or, or today may be the first day you've heard them. And, and praise the Lord, you're getting to hear them today. And, and sometimes for me, I think I just, I kind of read through those words. I know that Jesus said them. I see them as I, as I read through the crucifixion, or I hear it preached on, or I hear it taught. And, and maybe they don't have as much impact on me as they should. But what I think these words help us to understand is the human side of Jesus Christ. And we don't want to miss that as Christians. We don't want to miss the fact that Jesus was fully human. Sometimes it's easy for us to say or maybe think that, well, Jesus was the Son of God and sure He was here, but He didn't really have to experience any pain. He didn't really have any hard times to go through. He was God. He just kind of when He did it, it didn't mean anything. He, in His power, he could, just, he could just look past those things and they didn't really cause any discomfort or any pain to Him. And I'm here to tell you that that is not the truth. Yes, Jesus is fully God and Jesus is fully human, or at least he was during his time on this earth. And here in these words that Jesus uttered, that Jesus quoted from Psalm 22, Jesus says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, it was no doubt that Jesus was probably bringing his hearer's attention there back to these verses. The people who would have been there as Jesus was hung on the cross, most of them probably would have been familiar with these words of David. He was probably drawing their attention back to this prophetic uh, scripture that Jesus wrote when he wrote this psalm. He could have been doing that, and I think that that's part of maybe why he quoted this. But I think really the reason why Jesus quoted this scripture is because that's what he felt like. Because he knew from the words of David, he knew what it felt like to be abandoned, to be alone, to be afraid, and as David uttered these words in Psalm 22, you see a man who has his enemies upon him, and all these bad things are taking place, and all the weight of the world is coming down on him, and David is writing these words from a real human personal sense of how he's feeling. He is feeling completely forsaken by the Lord, that God is no longer with him, that God is left him that God has abandoned him to his enemies he is alone and he is afraid in his situation and I believe that Jesus quoted those words because that's what he felt because he had read those words of David he knew those words of David he knew what David felt and here was Jesus Christ fully human and fully the son of God hanging on a cross and in that moment he felt abandoned He felt alone as if God was not with him. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. I don't think Jesus was just saying those words. I don't think he was just hanging up there saying, Well, I'm God. I'm not really feeling any pain. But I'm going to just say these words so they know who I am. Oh, God, why have you forsaken me? No, that's not what Jesus was doing. He was in agony and pain. And in that moment, he wondered, Father, where have you gone? Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Think about that if you're a child. Think about when you were a child. Think about a time when you were afraid, when you were scared. Think about a time when you called out to your father. Think about a night where you couldn't sleep because you were scared of what was under your bed or something that you a, a scary dream that you had. And you cried out to your dad and he came in there... And he took care of you. A time that you were scared. A time when there was danger. And you cried out for help. And here come your dad to scoop you up. Here come your dad to to lay with you at night. To lay beside you to keep you safe in the darkness. To keep you safe when you felt alone. When you're going through your deepest, darkest time and you call your dad and he comes across country to, to be there for you. Whatever that situation may be, think about that. Think about those times as a child when you cried out to your father and he was there for you and came to you. And think about the deepest, darkest time in your life and you cry out to your father and he doesn't answer, he doesn't come. And there you are alone and afraid. There you are surrounded by enemies who have nailed you to a cross. There you are surrounded by people who are mocking you. There you are surrounded by people who hate you. There you are surrounded by people who don't even want to acknowledge who you are. And you feel like not even your father is listening to you. And Jesus cries out, Father, where are you? Imagine if you're a father. Imagine if you're a father and you're looking at your child... What do you do when your child cries out to you? You go and you get them. You you do whatever it takes to get to your child. There is nothing, I believe, I'm not a father, I'm just guessing, but I believe that there is probably nothing as a father that you wouldn't do to get to your child. You would break through any barriers. There would be nothing that could hold you back. You would give your very life to get to your child. And think about it from God's perspective here. Here was God looking down on his son And his son was crying out to him, and he didn't rescue him. Think about that for a second. Here was the Son of God crying out to God, and in that moment, God turned away from Jesus Christ. In that moment, God turned away and didn't reach down and rescue his son and say, son, I'm bringing you out of this. I'm taking you out of this. I hear you. I'm going to rescue you. But in that moment, a father turned his back to his son and did not come and rescue him. That's pretty intense. That was not an easy day for Jesus. I would beg to say it was not an easy day for God. But they both knew it had to be that way. It had to be that way. And you say, well, boy, that's hard. That's tough. What kind of God is it we serve? It had to be that way because they both loved you. Don't miss that. It had to be that way because they both loved you. And even though the feelings Jesus felt were real and he really felt alone and he really felt afraid and he really felt abandoned, he wouldn't have traded that for anything in the world. He could have. Let's not miss that fact. He could have. He could have traded that. He could have in his power as fully God, he could have said, I'm not going to do it. But he didn't. Because he loved you. God could have said, I'm not going to send my son. I'm not going to leave him there. He's crying out to me. He doesn't deserve it. I'm going to go and I'm going to get him and I'm going to lift him up and I'm going to pull him from this. He could have done that, but he didn't do it because he loved you. And we don't want to miss that fact. We don't want to miss what Jesus was feeling. It was real pain. It was real hurt. He felt alone, and he felt afraid. But there he hung on a cross. So he could take every sin that you would ever commit. There he hung on a cross, and all that was done, all that was poured on him, all that was was done to him while he was there, everything, every sin that was ever committed was put on Jesus Christ As he hung on that cross. Cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. That's what the scripture tells us in the Old Testament. And here was Jesus Christ. Taking all the punishment of all of our sins. Being the curse for us. Think about that for a second. This is big stuff. This is serious stuff. This is real stuff. There was Jesus in that moment. And because He took all of our sin, God turned away from Him because God couldn't look on that sin. And Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it was for you. It was for each and every one of us. So that we could be forgiven of our sin. Jesus suffered through everything. He felt alone and afraid. Like no one cared. Not even God the Father. And He suffered through that for you and me. And that's serious. Because you know that's one of the worst feelings in the world. Is to be alone. That's one of the worst feelings in the world is when you feel like you're alone. Now, I'm not talking about just being by yourself. I'm not talking about, oh, well, I'm here by myself. I'm talking about where you feel alone, like nobody cares for you. There's nobody around. There's nobody looking out for you. You're by yourself, and you just want somebody to be there. Not just to have another body in the house, but you need somebody with you because you just feel alone. And there is nothing worse in this world, or very little worse, than feeling alone and hopeless and helpless. And we can understand that because I would venture to say that probably everybody in here has felt that at some point in time in your life. Maybe even while there were other people around. You felt it because you were empty and you were broken. And you felt that agony of feeling alone. You felt that agony of of no one understanding and no one hearing and no one caring. And perhaps just like Jesus, you even questioned God, why have you forsaken me? Now we don't want to misunderstand what Jesus is saying here. When Jesus says the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is not calling God out. He is not saying those words out of anger. Jesus is not saying, God, God, why are you doing this to me? He's not saying this out of anger. He's saying this out of hurt. Imagine how you would feel as a child if your father, you know he's nearby and you're crying out to him and he's not helping you. And you're saying, but Father, why don't you help me? There's a sense of hurt there, I believe, that Jesus is is feeling as he hangs on the cross. The same sense of hurt, perhaps, that a a husband or wife may have when their spouse cheats on them. and, And you wonder, why are you doing this to me? It's a hurt. It's not so much as being angry at the other party. But why have you betrayed me? Why have you abandoned me? I've only done good for you. I've only been there for you. Why are you doing this to me? And I believe that that's the type of hurt that Jesus felt on the cross. In Psalm 22 it goes on to say, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my groaning, my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy. Boy, that's good stuff right there. That helps us to see the perspective of the psalmist here as he was writing these words. And I think it helps us to see the perspective of Jesus Christ as he was on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, the psalmist says, and Jesus Christ says. But then just a few words later, he says, but you are are holy. Even though I feel abandoned, even though I feel alone, even though I feel afraid, even though I feel like you're not here with me, dear Lord, I still trust in you. That's what those words tell us. But you are holy. That's the, the, the writer here saying, but I still trust in you. I still recognize that you are God. I still recognize that you're in control. I still recognize that your ways are greater than my ways, but you are holy. Now there may be some of you here today. And you may be in your mind or in your heart uttering those same words or have that same attitude. God, why have you left me where I am? Why have you forsaken me in this situation, in this place against my enemies? God, why have you done that? But maybe you need to utter the words, but you are holy. Maybe you need to be reminded that God is, is still in control, that God has a better plan, and most importantly, that God has not abandoned you forever. In that moment on the cross, when Jesus cried out those words, it wasn't long after that that He gave up His life. But that was not the end. Praise the Lord. Because if that would have been the end, then Jesus' words would have been true. God, why have you forsaken me? If Jesus had not been risen, if that would have been the end, then God would have forsaken him. Everything that Jesus did would have been for nothing. But praise the Lord, that is not the end of the story. Praise the Lord that God did not forsake Jesus. But praise the Lord, three days later, God rose him from the grave. God gave him the victory. God restored life to him. And that's good stuff. And that's why we're here today. Because if God would have forsaken Jesus that day, we wouldn't be here today. We would have nothing to celebrate. But God didn't forsake him. God brought him back. God gave him victory over the enemy, over sin, over death, that Jesus wants to share with you and I. And that's what we're here for today. Because we have reason. To celebrate. And I've got good news for you. God is not going to abandon you where you are. I don't know what your situation is now. I don't know what your situation is going to be six months from now, 20 years from now. But I know this, that God is not going to forsake you. He is not going to abandon you. That There is going to come a day, if not in this life and the life to come, where God is going to lift you up and deliver you for all of eternity. That's good stuff. That's the day that we should be looking for. That's the day that we should be working toward. And so when we see those words on the cross, when we see what Jesus uttered, we need to understand the weight of what was going on there. We need to understand the agony that He felt, the weight of all the sin that was on Him, and that was your sin and my sin. And when we see those words and how heavy it was and how serious it was for Jesus, let us not forget that He didn't come off of that cross. He could have. He could have done it, but He didn't do it. He suffered through those words and that pain because He loves you. Because He wants to be the forgiver of your sins. And He'll do that if you come to Him and you accept Him and you make Him your Lord and Savior and you ask Him to forgive you so that you will never be forsaken, so that God will never have to separate from you, but that you can be with God all eternity. Let's pray. God, we thank You for these words today. We thank You for Your Son, Jesus. Dear Lord, We I just pray that You be with each one that's here, God. I pray that You be with each one that maybe have something on them. Maybe there are some that are weighted down with sin and burden, and maybe they've never accepted Jesus that was on the cross. Maybe they've never got what He went through. But, dear Lord, I pray that today the Holy Spirit would help them to understand what Jesus did, what He gave, what He went through, dear Lord, that He suffered that pain and that agony and that feeling of being alone. He went through it all for us, dear Lord. And I pray that if there's one in this room that has not accepted Jesus Christ today, God, that they would get it, that the Holy Spirit would just tug on their heart, that you convict them, that you let them know that they need to come and that they need to accept Jesus Christ, that they need to follow through with the baptism that He commanded them to follow through with, dear Lord, to show that they are yours so that they can be cleansed from their sins, dear Lord, and made a new person in Christ. God, as we sing, I pray that you just touch our hearts. Help us to be focused on you, God. And we just thank you that we can come here today and we thank you for what Jesus did. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.